Hi, soul sibling. It's yours, Blue Lee. It's me. I'm here on a Monday, which means this ding, 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 ding is a viral mindfulness Monday episode. I'm going to talk about space. I've been thinking about the space in which you live, um, what you do at that space. And of course, it's spring. And for many of us, we are doing some spring cleaning. Yes. I want to talk about linguistic space. How are you using your words and language to create space from the depression, the anxiety, the deep emotional and psychological impacts that are starting to surface, which research shows and suggests, here we go. It's been a little over a year. Now we're going to start feeling the psychological and emotional impacts in a deep way. Third, space since my concert. I've had time to process my HIV birthday recital and concert, and I have a few things to share with you about that. Number four, how are you creating space for your spiritual practice or mindfulness practice each day? And five, my space, Viral Mindfulness Academy, I have a free meditation, guided meditation starter kit that some of you aren't using. And I know because I see your names come through and I see when you practice. So I'm going to tell you about the updates at that space. So welcome to a new episode of Viral Mindfulness, the podcast. cleaning? Are you making changes at home? I sure am. Part of what I need to set up is specific filming sets for my recitals, for my watercolor classes, which will be launching soon. And, you know, just it's nice to have changes at home. And I'm not really sure how much you're spending time at home or how you're feeling about the state of, well, as I record this, it's March 29th. Um, COVID cases are on the rise, upticks, vaccines are launching. And so just, you know, there's a lot to think about. And I wanted to offer this idea um, of space at home where you live. Um, You know, it's really easy sometimes to focus on the things that we have in our space. But another idea that I love to be aware of is what do I do and where do I do the things in the space in which I live? For example, where do I paint in my house? Where do I make music? And those are interesting to pay attention to, to create that flow or that synergy where you perhaps create rituals. I remember setting up a meditation nook in my bedroom with a salt lamp and a little altar. It's made a big difference in my meditation practice. Same thing with my watercolors, where I had a designated desk and station so that I could have my art out and I didn't have to keep moving things around. I realize that I live alone and some of you don't, maybe many of you don't. However, I want to share with you some ideas from John O'Donohue. You know how much I love poet philosopher John O'Donohue. I actually hand wrote these notes down and I wanted to share them at some point and here we are. So I hand wrote listening to John O'Donohue's 30-hour teachings. It's an audible called Longing and Belonging. It's 30 hours. He speaks in his gorgeous accent. This is all about homes and houses and it meanders into 
a single or solo person, which was really interesting for me to hear. But either way, the ideas are the same. You can pay attention to the space where you live. And as we will all be opening up our homes and houses to others more so over the next period of this year, I thought it would be helpful for you to be inspired. Donahue O'Donohue teaches that houses years ago before the urban trends were a little different. Um, some of the traditions we had, um, there were, we would visit homes and there would be a unique scent or smell or a brand of presence. And as you go into somebody's house or home, you go into their webbing of all the kind of charisma and all the density of life that was in that house. Difference between visiting a family full of sounds and echoes, there's a massive kind of interflow of varied and intense presences. And there is a difference when you visit someone who lives on their own. And so here, just kind of offering my own idea, it reminds me of Jill Bolte Taylor, a famous book and story about a woman who had a tra- tra- trauma and tragedy, a brain scenario. And I'll never forget hearing her talk about, I think it was a TED Talk, and she also has a book, My Stroke of Insight. It was a stroke. And the quote basically in summary is that you need to pay attention to the energy that you bring into my space. For her, it was when you were coming into her room at the hospital after this massive stroke, she was so intensely aware for a period of time about the energies that would come in. Same thing with where we live. What if you were to be very conscientious of the energy that you bring into other people's homes and spaces, and in fact, encourage yourself to attend to that, maybe even the gift that you bring or whatever fresh flowers or fruit or food as an offering, but you can intentionally lead your being into how you show up. Same thing in the houses in which we live. So let's get to back to O'Donohue where he's talking about the difference between a family home full of sounds and echoes and one who lives on their own, which definitely fits mine. So listen to this. Those that live on their own, there's a poignancy and tenderness visiting a house where someone lives alone. Someone comes in and they have undisturbed access to the aura all over the house. There are no other humans in the house to distract, to uh, break, sorry, I'm reading from notes, to break or in some way texture the house with other kinds of echoes. So when you visit someone solitary, it's an act of big intimacy to come into the space in which they inhabit with themselves. Homes, well, I'll stop there. So if you're a family and you're living um, where people might have individual spaces or rooms, you could think of those designated spaces or rooms or parts of the room, their bed, as sort of sacred space that holds energy for them. Here's a general idea from O'Donohue. Homes, the walls of homes seem to have a sponge-like effect and they absorb the texture of life that actually goes on there. Presence has a depth that lives behind the form or lives behind the surface of a thing. 
osmosis or effusion of spirit that comes through. Oh, isn't that beautiful? So be mindful of the space where you live and be mindful when you enter other people's space. Linguistic space, using your words and your language to create more space around your emotional and psychological weather. So, for example, you could say, I am depressed. I am not sleeping. I am angry. I am anxious. Instead of using I am and pairing yourself with that emotion, you could create some space and step back by using phrases like this. I am noticing feelings, often anxious feelings. I'm noticing depressed feelings. I am noticing uh, that the weather emotionally for me is really rooted in worry and fear about the future and the unknown. It's a slight tweak, but it's an interesting way to start talking about um, what's going on for you emotionally right now. I think it's a really valuable thing that I've been working on. Another way you can use the linguistic space is by saying, um, I've, I'm noticing the storyline that I, that I have where, you know, I'm noticing this storyline that viral mindfulness Academy is not good enough. I could be saying that about myself, that it's not quite, um, you know, what it needs to be. I am noticing that storyline of, um, wanting to really fear like the government and not being able to trust them. Um, I am noticing this storyline about ABC, whatever it is. Another option is you can talk about your impulse to do things. You know, I am noticing this impulse that I have to use alcohol or to use drugs right now. I'm noticing this impulse to get angry and start using my words and my emails to reprimand this person I'm working with. So I think it's a really powerful way to start to be more accountable to ourselves emotionally and to remind us that we are not the clouds, we are not the weather, that each one of us is actually the sky. And in that magnificence of each of one of us as human beings, we are the sky with a soul and a whole complex emotional world. And the clouds and the sun or the rain or the tornadoes, any of the weather, those are part of a much bigger aspect of our emotional and psychological health. Be aware of the words that you use. I've also heard people around me making reference with their words. I'm not sure what's happening. Um, I think I'm depressed and I don't understand what's going on. And I think that we need to be very specific with our words in the sense that we do know what's happening. So I'll remind you, like we literally have gone through a very difficult year. We are not out of, not out of the weeds at all. Research shows that 
the years following the traumatic events and the significant events which we've all just gone through on a global level and then all across our individual work family communities it's happening it's really happening this is happening it's a big deal it's important and i think it's really important for you to acknowledge that whatever is coming up for you it is the path right now and i'm sorry that it's intense for you it's intense for all of us and it's okay to just acknowledge and not be surprised by what's happening and to know that the next few years there is post psychological and emotional issues that are going to be showing up all around us and if it's not super heightened with you it is going to be super heightened with someone you know and using our words to create space for each other to be respectful and honest with what is happening and what's going to unfold If you missed my 18th HIV birthday concert and recital on March 17th, do not fear. There is a replay that is available. You can watch it on demand streaming now, and it is $21 to purchase that. And you can do that at viralmindfulness.com forward slash birthday. If you did attend the recital, make sure you check your emails or visit that ticket digital landing space I created for you and you can access the replay video and in the next couple weeks I'm going to create a second recording a studio version of the entire concert plus some additional songs that I cut out of the concert and so now that I've had a little bit of time to return to the music to uh, it's been almost two weeks now to just kind of process all of it it's really amazing. Um, I want you to know that when you do something like this and then you have the live event, for me, there's always uh, many different levels that show up after the event. But one of the most exciting to me is that when I return to the music and I get back into the music, there is a exponential growth in how I'm able to position my mind and my fingers and my heart around that song it's almost as if I'm being rewarded for doing the great work of practicing putting it out there creating a live concert doing it live and from there the next lessons in performance and practice are there and they cannot be there unless I go through the performance it's so so cool it's something I wish each one of you could understand. And I'm sure some of you do with other creative processes. For me, there's just such a unique one with regards to sitting at the piano and performing music for people. Rest assured, many more recitals are coming your way. For sure, I will be doing a holiday Christmas recital. And perhaps this summer, my friend Jude and I will be doing a all Joni Mitchell concert. We've been talking about it, so I'll keep you posted. I think it's really important that every day you create a space to connect spiritually, 
to connect with um, 20 minutes, 30 minutes of spiritual work. Mindfulness is definitely part of that. Meditation is definitely part of that. There's all kinds of components that could be part of you dedicating some time to strengthen your spiritual muscles. I think that the spiritual, the awareness of your inner self, soul, and being is pivotal to meet the needs of where we're all headed day by day as we continue along this journey of life, the great dysthymia 2021. So I wanted to share with you this really cool quote from Adi Ashanti about spiritual practice. Here's what he says. No spiritual practice should ever be done mechanically, for this is simply a form of self-hypnosis. Spiritual practice needs to be an expression of a deep inner flame of inquiry and devotion to truth. Of course, sometimes one's spiritual practice may feel somewhat mechanical and uninspiring, especially when encountering resistance or unconscious fear. But our practice needs to be connected to the living flame of the spiritual instinct within us in order for it to have real transformational power. We very much need to want to awaken from the dream of our separation, which is to say that we need to be earnest and sincere, for earnestness is the indispensable ingredient that no practice can replace. Practice needs to be an embodied expression of our earnestness and sincerity in order to awaken from our false self to our true being. Again, that's by Adi Ashanti. Meditation practice. Sitting in stillness or silence is often very difficult for people. And so I have a guided meditation starter kit and playlist that has quite a few meditations that are available. And I've just updated this free offering. So you can take access, get access and take advantage of this at viralmindfulness.com forward slash free. For those of you that have set up an account and you just set up a uh, with your email address and a password and you will get instant access, free access for a limited time. Soon I will be charging for this wonderful offering, but for now, for you podcast listeners, it is free. And what's available at the Guided Meditation Starter Kit, there's a welcome video with a little bit of just a few minutes of video um, information from me to you. There's a short letter with a suggestion about how to maybe change the way you look at meditation. And instead of using the word meditation, perhaps we use a different word like I'm going to practice, I'm going to listen, I'm going to love, I'm going to notice. Sometimes meditation can really throw us for a loop because there's a lot of baggage tied to this word. And in this free offering, there are seven guided meditations that started the kit. And I just updated with three brand new five minute creek water creeks, C-R-E-E-K-S. I wish they were rivers. Rivers is so much easier to say than creek. Regardless, they are just five minutes and it's no sound or no bells, no talking, no none of my voice, none of my words, simply 
the sound of three different creeks. Of course, Onion Creek is familiar to many who've been around my work. The second one is uh, Idlewild, Mount San Jacinto. There is a creek running through the mountains there. And also the desert, Palm Springs, Seven Sisters, Seven Sisters Falls Creek, a very lovely little light symphony melody from this creek. And they're just five minutes. And it's an option for you because I know sometimes you just need to practice five minutes and just having the sound of water can be very soothing for many of you. One of you contacted me and told me that um, the anxiety and the weight of anxious feelings and thoughts were instantly um, calmed and soothed by the sound of water. So those are available and I will be adding a brand new full meditation, which is a little bit longer, around 15 minutes, and that will be available. Well, actually, it's available right now because <laughs> I'm recording this before I upload all the last meditation. And by the time I post this, it will be there for you. So take advantage of this free offering. It puts you in Viral Mindfulness Academy with a password and your email address and you're in my world where I continue where I can continue to offer you support. So that's all for this podcast episode. Know that I will be in touch soon with some fun new topics. I have some new space in my podcast for a couple topics that I'm going to be talking about and one of those is lullaby blue. I am aware that many of you might be interested like me in knowing a few more lullabies to sing to the children and the babies and the toddlers in your life. Also, I will be talking about my writing retreat and sharing with you some of the things I'm learning in writing practice to inspire you to perhaps start doing more writing practice in your life. I'll read to you some of the things I've been writing in my 10-minute timed writings. And I am going to start teaching from the podcast here about the slogans of Atisha. These are mind training slogans. I've been talking about it with some people and hands down, this is what's getting the most questions. What are these mind training slogans? What are you talking about? Tell me more. I'm going to tell you all about them and I can't wait to teach you what I've learned about integrating these slogans into my life and how they have impacted my mind and my heart and that's what's coming. So I'll see you next time here on the podcast. If you have a second, please rate, review, and hit subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. And don't forget to share Viral Mindfulness, the podcast, with a friend.